Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Why, hello everyone, it's Monday again. Can you believe it? The weeks are just zooming by, whether you are stuck inside or if you're somewhere that's opening up. Um, It's been a wild year, right? But anyway, I'm very excited if you're listening today because we have USA Today best-selling author Ann Charles with us, and she has so many fun stories to share. I can't wait for you to meet her. And if you haven't read her books yet, you are in for such a treat. She writes some mysteries that are going to knock your boots off, so to speak. Um, so I'm done with dumb jokes now. So let me read her bio for you if you haven't met her before. Ann Charles is a USA Today best-selling author who writes award-winning mysteries that are splashed with humor, romance, and whatever else sounds fun. Anne has a BA in English with an emphasis on creative writing from the University of Washington. She's a member of Sisters in Crime and Western Writers of America. She's currently toiling away on her next book and wishing she was on a Mexican beach with a nice cold corona in one hand and a book in the other. When she is not dabbling in fiction, she is arm wrestling with her two kids, attempting to seduce her husband, and arguing with her sassy cat. Most nights, you can find her hanging out over at her website, and I did put a link to AnnCharles.com right there on Blog Talk, so click that anytime you want. You can sign up for her newsletter over there. She's also on Facebook and Twitter, and those handles are also on the blog site. So without any further delay, Ann, are you there? I'm here. Yay! Great to have you on the show today. Thanks for visiting us. You have a new book out, right? I do, I do. And thanks for having me today. Um, It's the 11th book in my Deadwood Mystery Series called Devil Days in Deadwood. Why should everybody go buy it today? And can they start on book 11 or should they go back to the first one? Well, I write every book so that if you come in on that book, um, you'll understand enough of the characters and what's going on to jump in at that point. So you could start on book 11, but if you're like me and you really want to get the full feel of the characters and enjoy it, you know, at the next level, I guess you could say, I would go back and start at the beginning uh, with book one, Nearly Departed in Deadwood, because that way you really go along with the characters as they grow and change, and you see how they came to be where they're at in book 11. But again, I do they're not standalone mysteries. It is a series, um, and, and it's all connected. But like I said, every time I introduce a character, I try to give you a little backstory in case you're new or you've forgotten, you know, what happened. So that's part of the... Um, work that goes into each book is is giving enough of an intro to remind you you know and then and then going forward with the story right and I think that um for the readers who are listening um I just finished a book and turned it in last night and I know it is so hard to figure out that balance between how much do I need to give you for a new reader without boring my old reader right correct yes that's always it's it's a new Oh, and then with every book, okay, now how do I reintroduce this character uh, without using the exact same thing or something very similar to before? So coming up with a new way of reminding you who maybe the secondary character is and what happened before with them that, you know, is important with what's going to happen in the scene. That's always part of the first, I'd say, three to five chapters 
is figuring out that balance and and making it exciting. You know, especially if you've been reading right. one. So it's and and if you binge read them, so you're not going yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah same old stuff. So you actually want to read the you know as we get going. So, uh, you know, I've spent years and years doing this and still working on always perfecting, trying to write better dialogue. You know, I'm always working on my craft. So that's something I, I work hard at. Uh, and my fans seem to do well with I get I do get kudos on the side about how they like how I reintroduce a few things to help them remember. So, so far, I think I'm doing okay with that. Oh, that's so cool. And because this series has been going on so long, are there side characters in it that are like fan favorites that you know every time, okay, here comes their cameo? I mean, is there anybody in this series that we should be looking for? Yeah, well, there's there are several, um, you know, not it, the Deadwood Mystery series is written in first person, so it's um, you know, you're only in Violet Parker's head, which is part of the fun for me as a writer because it makes it a challenge to show you things happening when you can only look through one set of eyes. So I, I really love that um, little challenge on the page as I go along. Now there are a lot of characters all around here that you could say secondary, but really they're part of the primary group. And um, yeah, there's uh, Old Man Harvey, who's this fun older guy that's right from the start. He's on the first page of the first book with her <clears throat> when she meets him, and he's um, he's so much fun to write. And the readers really love Old Man Harvey. He's he's a lot of the humor because um, all my books have humor in them. So he's a big part of of that as well. Uh, and he's a favorite. And then there's you know there's this uh, really hard-nosed cop, Detective Cooper, who started out, you know, one way, and as the time goes, you know, went on, he's part of the team, and he's still kind of hardcore, but um, he's really developed a following from readers who, who enjoy him. And the hero, um, Doc Nice, who many people really, you know, I get emails about Doc Nice and, and how much they enjoy him. So it's fun, and he's not a doctor. It's, his name is Dr. Nice, so his nickname is Doc. Uh, just to be clear, so yeah, it's it's really developed um, quite a bit. So much that with some with the help of um, some friends, we're making a cookbook this year for Christmas. Um, because I I guess I'm oh. I have a real obsession with food on the page. I didn't realize it till they went through and showed me how much <laughs> I talk about food. I'm always hungry when I write, and it, because I sit on my but day after day to write, I'm always on some kind of diet, it seems like. So I think that comes across on the page where I'm always, what are they eating tonight? Yum, you know, and I'll pull some stuff. And so, yeah, now we're having a, a, an actual cookbook that's going out for readers. Uh, and it has some of the readers have written in and contributed some of their recipes, um, original recipes as well. So it's, it's developed quite a world of its own, this series, which is wonderful. Oh, my gosh, I love that. So it'll be out at Christmas? People can get a Deadwood cookbook? Yeah, we're aiming for November to have it available, and then we're making some fun um, things to go along with it. So, yeah, we have that in the works, um, getting ready to go out. And, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to – because for years, readers have written and said, what? You've had Old Man Harvey make this, because Old Man Harvey's a a bit of a cook. And – we're, do you have a recipe for that? And well, I don't 
cook very well at all. I mean, I struggle with eggs. So my <laughs> husband, though, is amazing, and he makes all these amazing dishes for me. So I pull from that, and and so when they say, well, do you have a recipe? And my husband is one of those who just throws stuff together, and it tastes delicious. So I'm like, well, we don't really have a recipe for that. So now we do. We'll have some recipes for all that. So And we're actually putting with each recipe, as if it pertains to a scene, the lines from the scenes so, and, and which book. So you can go back to that book. And if you want to read a book and make the recipes with that book, you can. So I think it'll be fun. Oh my gosh. How fun. Yeah. And I, when I was poking around on your website, I saw that you're, you're very involved with your readers and you make these videos of like behind the scenes, right? Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I did that during um, this year during lockdown, and I'm going to start that up again here. I'm just, you know, everybody's kind of out and going and doing stuff during the summer, and so I figured I'd wait till fall and um, then start going again with doing some more live events and and fun stuff online with everybody when we all get stuck back inside a little bit more. Right, right. When we're allowed to go back inside, <laughs> I mean outside. We're supposed right, right. to be inside. <laughs> um, right, when yeah. during all of this lockdown, has it been hard for you to write funny? I mean, is it hard to find humor when the world's on fire? It's hard to write, yes, the humor and keep that. But what I um, it was during March, I wrote sixty thousand words to finish Devil Days. Wow, April, in March and April. So in there, so. But, yeah, I finished it. I pounded it out mostly in, in March. And that was um, – I had to really take my news and get it down to just headlines and limit mm-hmm. my time on that. So it, and, I, and I'd be careful I wouldn't do it before I went to sleep at night. I wouldn't do it in the morning. I'd take a right. time of the day and go for five minutes now you can scroll through headlines and see what's going on with the world. But that was it because – it's there. There is so much, you know, negativity and and so much of that going on that if you're not careful, of course, you'll get pulled into it. And and then how do you write humor, you know, and, and find things right. Fun. So, um, but I've always been um, one to when there's something bad or sad or tragic in in my world, trying to find the humor in it. I mean, that's just the way I've always handled that. Find the funny to make it so you can right. get through that tough time. So. And it works well with my stories and like Violet Parker in the Deadwood Mystery Series because the struggles she has, the things that happen are not light and fun all the time, but she through her wit and her sarcasm and her way of dealing with stuff. You laugh along with her as she struggles. Uh, And I think that's, for me, I identify with that really well when it comes to someone else or a character. If you can laugh through it, then... um, I think it just makes it so you can handle things a little bit better. I mean, not not that you shouldn't go through the stages of grief when necessary, but I've always just used humor to make things better. Right. Right. And can you tell us about Violet? I I I got the feeling from the covers. I haven't read the books yet, but I got the feeling from the covers there might be. Is there some sort of little paranormal in the mysteries? There is, you know, when I started way back when with the first book, we called them paranormal mystery. But since then, um, the book world has come up with a new 
uh, word they use, and that's supernatural. So they are oh, supernatural. supernatural mystery. Yeah, I guess they attribute. Now paranormal goes with romance more. And supernatural I goes see. with mystery and thriller. With and mystery. So, so, yeah, they're supernatural, um, starting out in the very first book. Um, Deadwood, where she's from, is a real-life historic town. And if you've ever been to Deadwood, you'll hear about the ghosts because uh, they had the gold rush back in the 1870s. A lot of notorious, you know, people, a lot of death due to the big shootout and whatnot. Yeah. So there are <laughs> ghosts galore. Um, and so from the start, there's always, you know, there's been the you, you, first book, you get a little taste of that. What I try to do is not slam you full on with all of one genre. So, you kind of wade into this series at the, at the beginning, and there's this, some mystery and a little bit of supernatural. There's some romance. There's a little bit of everything. And then as the stories continue, um, the mysteries are still there and trying to figure out what's happened. Every book has something that has happened, and they're trying to figure it out. Um, but the supernatural continues to grow as things keep going. So it's kind of a slow pull into all that. It's um, which I enjoy when I watch a movie, you know, not uh, if I go into it knowing it's a supernatural, that's fine. But I sometimes like the little bit that keeps growing and it gets more exciting. So, yeah. So it's, it's, there's a purpose behind this. So I do have this big series arc I'm working my way through. Oh, very cool. And is she, uh, I mean, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but does she talk to ghosts? Is she a reaper? What's her, Little supernatural Parker, from, from the start. At the start, Violet Parker is a dud. She feels when it comes to ghosts, and I and, and that's something that it came from me because I was going to all these ghost things. I was doing all these um, paranormal investigations, different things, and everybody around me was having someone touch their neck or things happening, and I got nothing. <laughs> Time and again, I'd be like, I have nothing. I am such a dud. But around me, you know, at these um, investigations and fun things, people were ex- so Violet's kind of based off that from the get-go of I can't see or hear anything, but there are things happening around her. So from that base, we grow to find out what she can do, what her abilities are, because, again, it is a supernatural series. So she does have abilities, and she does have things she can do. Um but she has to figure that out, and it's awakening inside of her for a reason that we learn as the series goes on. So it's kind of that fun, here we go, you know, starting out the roller coaster, going click, 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 click up the hill, you know, kind of a feel as we get going on this series ride. Right. And um, if that was another one of my questions is in all the times you've gone to Deadwood, I, I am – into ghosts and things. I volunteered at the Whaley House here in San Diego for like six years. Um, it's America's most haunted residence. Um, so anyway, with all your trips to Deadwood, um, have you seen any ghosts? Have you? Do you have any cool stories from there? Oh, I've had some experiences since, um, including this summer while we were there. Um, some <laughs> some fun stuff. It's all mild, and I always question my own 
are you making more of this than it is type of a thing. But, yeah, I have had some fun uh, adventures. Every year we have a fan party in Deadwood. Uh, This year would have been the 8th. And I actually had to cancel the party because you couldn't gather, of course, that many people. But we did still go. My my mom lives there. So I went to, and she's been in the hospital during the whole virus nightmare. So I went to visit with her. Yeah, and I um, did a couple signings, and we we played it really safe, outdoor for some, you know, just being careful with how we we operated it. Um, But I couldn't do the big fan party, but we still were able to do the paranormal investigations we had planned. Um, We just did small parties of 10 or less with wearing our face masks, you know, and being careful in there and and just whatnot. So it was still, it was even a little bit more fun because we were smaller groups going through, and we we go through the Adams House, which is um, said to be haunted, and and had little things happening. So, yeah, there's there are little bits. I've had oddities things, and I bring up the fan because I had one year where um, we had quite an event happening, and I and I won't go into detail because of the privacy of everybody involved. But by the end, I walked away. Um, being having been informed that my grandmother who passed away like six, seven years ago is hanging out with me. And it explains several things that have gone, that have happened, especially late at night while writing on my own and, and different things. And now when those things happen, um, I'll just say, or I see the motion out of the you know, side of my eyes and things that happen, I'll just say, hey, Grandma, you know, hey, uh, how you doing? Right. And just keep keep going um but yeah it was a, a medium and he's he's a, you know pretty well known and he was the one who told me about the, that she's hanging out with me which you know if i'm gonna have a ghost That's healing so cool. me, i'm i'm happy it's my grandma so yeah right? it, could be much, it could have been much worse when he when it, when i was first informed that i had a presence that was hanging with me i went what? <laughs> Please don't go. You know, I write this stuff. Things. Right. I don't really want this to be real because I can't write it then late at night. But yeah, so it's been kind of fun. Um, different adventures we've had ever since, and I'm more, you know, I'm I'm. What is the word? Skeptical. I'm open to it though. So I'm always waiting and watching and listening and trying to see what happens. Um, and you know, I I I don't know what's going on out there. So. I love the I love dabbling in it on the page and having fun with supernatural. Right. Yeah, me too. I I always I can have good intentions that this one's not going to have anything paranormal in it and then some magical thing shows up or a person who's more than they seem. I'm like, "Dang it. Okay." <laughs> All right. Yeah. Your brain's like, "No, we're going to do this." Oh, uh, oh well. <laughs> So what was your writing journey like? I mean, did you always want to be a writer or did it come on later? How did you find your way into being published? No, I I didn't want to be a writer. And I tell people, and it's really true, back in ninth grade, we had to do an uh, an art, a drawing of what we wanted to be when we grew up. And my really good friend, she drew herself as a social worker, and she is. And I drew myself riding on a camel because I wanted to be a camel jockey. It sounded romantic, you know, at the time. I think I was reading a lot of those little white Harlequin books with sheiks that were the heroes. With so sheiks. Oh, yeah. Camels. Yeah, that was just so romantic. Uh, and then I had all kinds of stuff from 
wanting to be a lawyer. I was a secretary for some time just to help pay the bills, you know, going for different schools. That's where I, I learned uh, how to type so fast was going through to get my, you know, so I could be a secretary at a law office, you know, and um, just kept building on that. And then I, I started, you know, I went to college where I grew up for a couple years, but then I moved to Southern California and waited at my, I think it was six to nine months or something like that. And then you can go on the, you know, once you're living there, you can go a little bit cheaper. So I went a couple years of college down um, in San Diego County. And then I went uh, over to Arizona, up to Flagstaff. And then uh, there was life going on here. So right. marriage and whatnot. And, and then I divorced. But I moved up to Seattle and finished my degree at UW. And by that point, I did do English with a creative writing as a minor because another story I tell when I talk to readers and, and writers is every college I went to kept making me take the English 101 again because nobody's was good enough for the next college. And by the fourth <laughs> time, I was like, okay, I think I'm supposed to do something with English because I've taken so many English classes now that I can write two pages on a paper clip. You know, what do you want me to write about? So that's when it really came on that all this reading I'd always done growing up and all the daydreaming, um, let's put this together with writing and see what we can come up with. And, and that was probably in my 20s when it really got going, early 20s. And did you join, is that when you found Sisters in Crime or did you just write on your own? How did you start heading toward being published? Well, I started on my own, but then I actually found, because at first I tried to write romances, but I really suck at completely emoting all the time. I have total mm-hmm. respect for these writers that can write these emotional books um, with love stories and give enough conflict with just that, because I had to start killing people on the page to give me enough conflict, I felt like, to, <laughs> to write a whole book. So I started off with Romance Writers of America for years, uh, and it's through them that I really learned so much about craft and marketing and promotion, uh, and it's a wonderful group organization to be part of. I've pulled away because I really don't write enough romance to you know, be, to contribute or be part of so much of it. Not to say I don't have romance in my stories. It's just it's not the main focus. So where right. Sisters in Crime, it's a little bit better fit. And I'm also part of now Western Writers of America because I write a series with my husband that's a mix of Western and, and supernatural uh, and humor. Oh, my gosh, how it's cool. Actually, yeah, it's the prequel series to my Deadwood main Deadwood series. So it's Deadwood back in the 1870s to show you what happened before that has contributed to cause what's going on in the present. So... That's a whole series running on its own, um, and it's so fun because I I love westerns. I always have. So, getting to be part of writing in a western story, a western world, you know, back then is so much fun. Plus, I like that everything's set in place back then for the most part. Whereas now we keep changing technology, so it makes it a little bit more troublesome as you're writing a long series as things come and go. And especially if you're writing a um, thriller mystery, you've got to get rid of those cell phones right away, right? 
<laughs> I know you get. Pre- I know <laughs> I used when I started there were blackberries and things like that, and now it's cheese. Right. So you know, I have reference to certain things, and I have to be careful about that. I try to be a little more generic sometimes now uh, with what I use, so that if times change, it's easier to kind of adjust to that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I I love um Dean Koontz has a book called Door to December which is like one of my all-time favorites and I made my husband yeah. read it recently and he looks at me cuz the book came out in the 90s. He looks at me and yeah. he goes popping out of the story when the detectives are driving around looking for a payphone. I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> I know. Yeah, see, that kind of changed a little. Yeah, yeah, it really makes a difference with how things that can happen. And, uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes you're like, it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. So who inspires you? Do you read and are there certain authors that you read them and you're like, dang, I got to go write? Or do you um, read for inspiration like that? Some authors I do, but it's really different. You know, a lot of um, – I'll be asked what mysteries I read or what supernatural types of stuff I read. And to be honest, I actually read genres that are usually quite different from what I write. Uh, And that's for multiple reasons. Uh, One is I don't want to read something that is similar, you know, and have accidentally grab onto that idea, not realizing, Mm -hmm. you know, because we it's really easy for your brain to go, oh, I like that, and then put it in, and then over time going, oh, that was something from something else. So I don't want to do that. But uh, I will tend to read, um, okay, for example, I, I, I love Western. So I I did grow up reading Louis L'Amour, Zane Gray, and some Western writers. But um, I, I read in this last time when I finished Deadwood number 11, I actually dove into and I read about 15 historical or Regency romances, which is so different than my genre. Um, but <laughs> I loved the, the characterization that went into it. And I know those writers that write that genre have to be so careful, have to do their research. And I'm in awe of the details they remember and use you know and they have to get it right because their readers know their readers are so smart so I love to sink into sometimes different time periods totally you know and just enjoy something very different from where I've been um I also like to watch movies a lot of what I do for research and re-energizing creativity um is through movies because I'm a visual learner so watching a scene that really gets me excited about the way they talked or something. And then trying to think how I could pull that into my stories and write something that feels that way. What I see on the screen, that's a fun challenge right. for me. So movies are really more than books. I will dig into a series of movies and try to soak up some of that. Pretend I'm a director then. When the, when right. The show. So since you write a series set in Deadwood, you watch Tombstone over and over for inspiration? <laughs> I have watched, um, yeah, I'm the one with Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer. I love Val Kilmer. Right. <laughs> but, I love um, that movie, yeah. And there's actually the HBO Deadwood series, but I and I've seen that, but I haven't watched it repeatedly. Um, because, I, I mean, I spent so much time growing up in Deadwood. My mom has lived there since I was in 
seventh grade. So I would spend a lot of time there going back and forth between my parents and researching and living, you know, hearing the history, going to different things, you know, fun places there. So um, I, I always feel like Deadwood is, I can go to Deadwood inside me. I have it in my head. I've been there so much, you know? So I do, but I do love going to the old West towns, especially now that, like I said, my husband and I write this Deadwood Undertaker series um, because now we have even more fun brainstorming. He's always been there helping me brainstorm and part of the process, you know, but now it's different because he's really in there with me and, now once he's written he understands you know the blank the the empty page with the blinking cursor on a whole new level you know <laughs> you know what i'm talking about <laughs> does that he, does that, he help uh, you write <laughs> yeah does he help you write or brainstorm or how do you guys work it he, he's always been there brainstorming with me my our poor kids they never really know if people are real people or fictional that we talk about <laughs> so he's always been there with that um and now with this new series we take turns and he, he writes, we brainstorm it. He writes the first go through and builds everything and, and does an amazing job. And then I come in and do my parts, you know, and do different things um, layering wise. So um, it's really the new ones, you know, the groups, the stuff we do together is really, we're really, our voices are mixed in there. Um, it's not one sided, like one character's me totally and one's him. It's really a mix of stuff. But on the other book, he's he's always been one of my um, first draft readers, uh, reading chapter by chapter. And he, I I say it and I laugh, but I'm serious. He is my toughest um, first draft reader slash editor. He's always from the start been there and he won't, you know, cross it out and say no. And then we have to talk about it. But it's not (laughs) even making me grit my teeth. But he really has... (laughs) He won't let me just be a lazy writer. He he pushes me. So it's it's really good relationship in that way and helping me get better at what I do because I can't be lazy. Right, right. Well, I love that. And I can't believe we're out of time, but before we go, um, how do you like readers to get in touch with you? You have a reader group, don't you? Well, I have multiple lists. There's On Facebook, I have multiple groups. But you can find me. Um, I have a a regular profile, you know, where you can be friend request and, or you can find my author page, which I post a little less to because of course, Facebook's always wants you to boost everything, but I do post over there too. So you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter and all that. And if you want to find quickly, find out where to go, uh, go to my webpage or website, www.antarles.com and the connect page. And if you go down there, you can see all the different places you can find me or you can send me an email right through there, and you can also join my newsletter, of course. So there's, you can always write to me through any of those ways, and I will try to get back to you as soon as I can. That's so cool. Well, thanks so much for being here, Anne, and I hope you'll come back sometime. This was so fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Bye-bye. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.